Today is Wednesday, Yud Aleph Sivan, and June 3rd, and today's daf, we are marching steadily along, and today's daf, we are up to pay, uh, pay tests. We are up to pay tests. Continuing on in the discussion of the events at Harsinai here in the virtual Hollywood Stiebel Dafyemi Shir. So there was this great fight when Moshe Rabbeinu came up to Shemayim to get the Torah. All of a sudden the Malachim weren't so happy with him and they wanted to know what he was doing there. And Moshe Rabbeinu thought this is a cinch. Hashem is giving it to us. I'm, I'm off easy. And Hashem told Moshe, no, no, you must come and defend your case and, and get, make your case why the people should get the Sefer Torah and not the Malachim. And so Moshe Rabbeinu started going through all the things that's written in the Torah and showing them how it's not applicable to angels, only to mankind. Pay test on an Aleph, 89a. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu continues his argument right on the top line. Avoid the Zorah says in Avoid the Zorah uh, that you can't possibly, uh, you can't possibly observe. You're not free will. What else does it say in it? You shall remember the day of Shabbos that Hashem rested and sanctify it. Do you work that you take a break from it? Now the work of the angels, we know, the work of the Malachim was uh, to sing praises to Hashem and do the will of Hashem, but that they did even on Shabbos. That's not work, but mundane work that one takes a break from. That there's halachas, the Torah gives us commands in uh, how to conduct, how to conduct uh, business, how to talk, how to not. Uh, do you have dealings with one another that it applies to you? That you shuv this has got to be the best one. He says to the angels, it says, honor your parents. Do you have parents? You're angels. Hashem creates you. you don't, you're not born to parents. And he, he basically took their very argument. They originally started off the argument by saying to Hashem, there's a, a, a child of man, there's somebody who's born to a person up here in heavens. And Meshavenu said, exactly. This, the heavens are for the people who are not born to people like we are. Shuv but what else does it say in the Torah? Leisirtsov, do not kill. Leisinov, do not act immorally. Leisignov, don't steal. Kini yeshbenechem, do you have jealousy that uh, you can claim uh, that it applies to you? Yetzahari yeshbenechem, do you have an evil inclination? So this Gemara certainly seems to show say that Malachim don't have free will and don't have an evil inclination like we do. So of course uh, the angels uh, the angels gave up and agreed and praised Hashem. Hashem Ma Hashem Like 
it says Hashem's name is adorned with greatness, but it doesn't talk about Allah uh, that in the heavens, meaning to say they agreed that there's a way for the Torah to be in this world, not just up in Shemayim. Immediately, all the angels became friends with Moshe Rabbeinu, and they gave him something. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk is in uh, Tehillim, that uh, he went up and he got presents because of the reward that he was a Adam, that he was a man, and that it applied, the Torah applies to men, uh, to, to, to humans and not to angels. Now, this has got to be interesting. Guess who else gave Moshe Rabbeinu a present when he was up there in Shemayim? It wasn't just all the angels. It was it was all the angels. Af Malachamavis Master Ladavan. The Malachamavis, the angel of death, said, I also have a present for you, Moshe Rabbeinu. Oh boy, he didn't get out of there fast enough. But it was a good present. That when they were cursed in the Magefa and Aaron had a cure, um, and they were able to stop the plague, stop the curse. Uh, and gave instructions to Aaron to stand and do keteres in between the people who are dying and the living. If not for the fact that it must have been the angel of death who gave them the cure for death at that time, who else would Moshe Rabbeinu have gotten the cure from? So it turns out the present of the Malacham Abbas was a very good thing indeed. It also teaches us to be a gracious recipient. If you come up to Shemayim and the Malachim offer you presents, you take it. And even if one of them's name is Malachim Abbas, you don't turn down a present from Malachim. When Hashem came in front of uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu came to get the Torah, the Satan showed up. And Moshe Rabbeinu comes down to, brings the Torah. He got permission already. All the Malachim gave him permission. And now the Satan, the Yitzhahara, starts asking questions. And the Satan says, God, where is your holy Torah? It used to be up here, hidden away. Where is it, where is it now? I gave it to the earth. The Satan comes to the earth. Where is the Torah? So they quoted a Pasuk in Eai, and the, that Hashem is the only one who understands the ways of the Torah. So if Hashem said that it's down below, it's got to be somewhere down below. Halach Eitzel Yami went to the, the, the Satan went to the sea. The sea claimed, no, we don't have the Torah. Halach Eitzel Tahaim. So he went to the depths of the ocean, depths of the earth. Amalei in, ain't be. It's not with me. Shanema Tahaim. Amalei be he. Viyam Amar Eini Madi. So all the non-people in this world denied having the Torah. They didn't have the Torah. Says the Gemara, 
uh, quotes a Pusken Eev, Avadam Vamadas, Amrubas Nenu, Shamanu Shama. We heard the sound of uh, death said, we, we, it's in the Shmia, we heard it. So the Satan comes back with a complaint to Hashem and says, I did not see the Torah anywhere down below. You told me it's somewhere on the earth. I asked all the major beings in the earth and none of them have it. Now, this is kind of like Shem is uh, such a fascinating statement. Uh, Shem told the Satan, but it's, it, 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 go, go to Moshe Rabbeinu, the son of Amram, he has the Torah. Hashem is revealing it to the Satan, is very revealing to us that specifically when we find sometimes, you know, we're trying to keep the Torah and tremendous nisyanus, tremendous challenges come about, that is the package deal. The commandments in the Torah are given together with the, the Satan uh, who's going to be testing us. It, it comes with a package deal. So many times people try so hard to do a mitzvah and they still encounter resistance or nisyanus, and that is the way it goes. It doesn't work. You know, uh, I grew up in Manhattan, so we were always looking for parking. We had a doorman, Baruch Hashem. If you couldn't find a spot, he could watch the car for you or he'll, till a spot opens up, sometimes he'll have an extra spot somewhere for, to park your car. But uh, you would think, you know, everybody's think, oh, you drive up to Mincha, Meirev, to Shul, and ah, I'm coming to a mitzvah, Shem's going to help me find a parking space. That may be, but it's not the way the Torah was given. The Torah was given with the Satan to try and build our strength when performing Torah mitzvahs. Hollywood, we don't have that problem, usually. Uh, so the Satan shows up on Moshe Rabbeinu's doorstep. This is, where is the Torah that Hashem gave you? He plays it like a perfect, he answers a question with a question, he plays it perfectly. He says, who am I? I'm just a human. Am I worthy? of receiving the Torah? Do you think that Hashem would, uh, would be giving me the Torah? Am I so special? Amalei, the Satan says, nice try. Sorry. So says to Moshe, we're at the first wide line, Peites Amalef, 89A. Moshe Badoyata, Moshe, surely you're joking. So Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, why am I joking? You have this tremendously precious item that you would take out and uh, play with every single day. So, uh, and I shall, um, like, should I say, make it sound like I got the Torah, I deserve the Torah, he asked me, uh, where's the Torah that Hashem gave to you? So I said, uh, so, so, you know, uh, I said, it's, if, if I have it, it's not because of my own merit. Since you were so humble, you lowered yourself, 
Tikral Shmecha, it will be called on your name. Shall be remembered as the Torah of Moshe, my servant. So it seems like, again, I just I think that it has to be viewed with that lesson in mind that Hashem wanted the Satan to know that we have the Torah and that we have the ability to withstand him and keep the Torah. And I'll just add that I think the greatest lesson here is that Moshe Rabbeinu ultimately overcame the Satan, and Hashem said, with his humility, that with humility, it's possible for us to have the Torah literally named after us, and that is what ultimately is the lesson here. If you want to survive the Satan and the challenges of keeping the Torah in this world, humility is the way to go. But Amr Rabbi Shua ben Levi. It's interesting that the Satan just disappears from the conversation pretty much as soon as Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, yeah, the, the, the conversation right? uh, Yeah, the conversation doesn't really, there's no flow. There's no flow after that. Like, uh, Satan's coming to Moshe Rabbeinu, and then all of a sudden Hashem intervenes and says, Moshe, you answered humbly, who am I? Okay, it's your Torah. Meaning, this is the way forward to acquire it, and you'll be able to be successful in fighting the Eitzahara. That's the way I see it. It's, I think it's more agata, what I'm saying, it's more drush, but at the end of the day, uh, why is it that, why is it that, like Hashem gave away the location of the Torah, so to speak, to the Satan? Well, I'm Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Shur ben Levi, we have four lines, four wide lines down on Peites Amid Aleph, 89a, four wide lines down, Va'amar Rabbi Shur ben Levi. Be'shah sha'alam Moshe l'maroim, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes up, Matzlach ha'jbaruch hu sh'yukoshik sarim la'isius. What was Hashem engaged with? What was Hashem doing? Moshe Rabbeinu sees that Hashem is busy tying strings, to all, uh, crowns to all the letters of the Torah. Beautiful. Uh, so he said to um, uh, Moshe, um, you don't, in your city where you come from, you don't say Shalom Aleichem. You come up here to Shemayim and you see that I'm busy tying crowns and you don't introduce yourself. I'm the father of some Moshe respond back to Hashem. Is there a servant that interrupts his master? and says Shalom Aleichem to his master, it's not the way of a servant. A servant makes themselves unnoticed. They come and they stand at attention till they're uh, recognized. So Hashem said to Moshe, you should be assisting me in tying all these crowns, a lot of letters in the Sefer Torah. So... So Moshe Rabbeinu responded back to Hashem, you know, obviously this is, there's a word that we use, right? Kaviyachal, you know, uh, Kaviyachal, um, meaning, uh, like, what does this mean that Hashem asked Moshe Rabbeinu to assist him? It doesn't mean in a literal sense that Hashem needed an extra pair of hands. So Moshe Rabbeinu responded to Hashem, now your strength uh, will be great as you have spoken. Um, 
not sure exactly what the lesson here of that uh, Pasuk, but um, the next time that Moshe Rabbeinu went up, the, ne- the next time that Moshe Rabbeinu went up, uh, it seems like Moshe Rabbeinu did say something that uh, to greet Hashem. Now, this is going to be another one of these fundamental machlekasin that despite the fact that we're talking about Matan Terra, our epic nation-forming event, we still have a lot of machlekas as to what and transpired and what the psukim mean. So go, says the Gemara, says in the Pasuk, in Shemais by Hasinai, uh, it says, it's, sorry, it says in the Pasuk, yeah, in Shemais, that the people in Moshe Rabbeinu, right before the Chet Ego, they saw that Moshe Rabbeinu hadn't returned yet. He boishish Moshe, that he was hesitant, embarrassed, delayed. Don't read it, boishish, meaning to say that he was delayed that he was hesitant to come down from the top of Harsinai, but rather six on the sixth hour. When Moshe Rabbeinu went up to learn Torah up by Hashem, so he said, I'm going up for 40 days, and I will come down at the 40th day in the beginning of the sixth hour. At the end of the 40th day, that tricky fellow, that evil inclination, that Satan, that Russia came along, and he got everybody confused. And he was a, a rabble rouser. And he starts walking around asking everybody, "Where has anybody seen Moshe Rabbeinu? Where's Moshe Rabbeinu? They answered the Satan, he went up. So the Satan said, uh, isn't now the time that he said he's coming uh, down? Isn't now the sixth hours? But they ignored him. Mace, the Satan started telling everybody, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu died. And they didn't uh, believe him. Now the Satan got serious. And he shows them an image of Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, body, of his uh, casket. Behind you, the Big news. Big news. Big news. There's a, right, I don't know whose expression is, uh, but it's, it, I've heard it quoted growing up in an English house, household. Uh, rumors of my demise have... Uh, have been greatly exaggerated. Have been greatly Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Okay, there you go. So, uh, Mark Twain. So, that's Mamash from this Gemara, right? And so, he showed them a picture of Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is what the Pasuk, when you go back to that uh, Pasuk in Shemois, Lamed Beis, Aleph, um, so they asked, love, Kuma say Lanu. When they said, let's make a false idol, this Moshe that's being shown around by the fake news media, by the Satan media, is, is uh, 
is, is Moshe. He's not alive anymore, so we need somebody else to serve as an intermediary to connect us to Hashem. Now, it, it, I, I, that's why I feel like if you, what I said on the previous Gemara, that the Satan, like, with the, the, the greatness of the Satan, the, uh, the tremendous power of the evil inclination should never be underestimated as the Torah was given together with the power of the Satan to challenge us. And, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't underestimate the power of the Satan. Did you know, did you hear, did you have a tradition as to what the word Harsinai means, the name of Sinai? So he said, yeah, it's Sinai, it's the mountain, Shinasa, Nes, uh, miracles happen to the Jewish people there. Says the Gemara, so if that's true, why is Sinai? It should be called a uh, mountain of miracles. So he argued and he said, no, Sinai stands for, uh, it's a hint to Simintaiv. Says the Gemara, it should be called Sinai, the mount of Mazel. Of, of good omens. I'm going my time ah. So it, there was this machlekes of what the name of Hasinai is. All this Gemara at the end of the day is being understood as Agadita. Um, says the Gemara, I'm So he said, my time lashchichta kameder papper of hunabreder vishua, the ma'ayne be'agadita. If you're so interested in knowing names of mountains like this and other stories of our history, why don't you come when they teach it? When they're, you know, why don't you come to Rav Papa and Rav Huna, Rav Yeshua, the Ma'ani Ba'agadita, Rav Chizda, Rav Abba, Rav Huna, because they actually had a discussion about it. And they t- talked about the Shaila. It's like the people who ask you questions about something which there's, every shul has a shear in that item. But they don't go to any of the shirim, but they always have a question on that topic. If that topic is so important and interesting, then why wouldn't you attend the share on that topic? Uh, so that was their response. So what do they teach in the in this uh, share? My three lines in the bottom. My Har Sinai. What is Har Sinai? Har laakum. It's the mountain that hatred from the nations of the world descended upon us. At the end of the day, that's when we became the chosen nation. So Har Sinai, he said, stands for Sinah, uh, Shin and Sin in Aramaic, are interchangeable. Shin and uh, Sin and Samach. taught there are five names to the mountain of Har Sinai. Midbar Tzin, it's called Midbar Tzin, the desert of Tzin. Shin Tzavi Yisrael, a love, as we were commanded the Tzivoy came on it. Midbar Kodesh, it's called the desert of Kodesh in Scotch. So Allah, that's where it became sanctified and holy. Midbar Kadmos, it's called the early desert, the first desert, Shanisna Kadumali, a love, as we gained priority in that desert. Midbar Paran, it's also referred to as the desert of Paran, says the Gemara on the top of Paytesam and Bates. Shaparu Allah, Yisrael, as we grew 
into a uh, into a nation over there. If you look at the top, Rashi, Rashi says very interesting. The kol echad shapar berabu. The kol echad the saber ishtoi zachar the mitzvah shuvu lachem lalei lealeichem leidan hecher remiza. That Rashi says in when they all were after the mountain Torah, they were able to go back to their wives and they remarried each other b'tahira, and they were all merited to have a boy. Every Jewish family merited to give birth to a baby boy. Rashi doesn't know where we know this from, but the Gemara knew it. Um, it could be this is the source of the skula for some a couple that's been married for many, many years without children. I think they say it's a skula for them to get divorced and remarry each other, providing that he's not a kayan, uh, so that uh, this way they could um, have this skula, like they w- took back their wives and they immediately had a baby boy that year. Uh, Midbar Sinai, why is it called Midbar Sinai? So we said the first reason we gave was Midbar Sinai, that that's ultimately when we started having enemies as a nation, I and mean, we just became a nation then. What was the real name of Har Sinai? If all these names, Sinai, is just a hint, is just telling you that there's a story behind the name. So obviously it had a name before. You know, we always, when you see an, a name of an author who writes on a topic which matches to their last name. So it's always very, you know, you always wonder, was that really their name all the time? Um, you know, I, I think we had, a, in this, uh, we had a Secretary of Education spellings, if I'm not mistaken, not too long ago. And I always wondered, was that really their name? All the, uh, was that really the person's name? The last name is Spelling, and they were the Secretary of Education. So you always wonder, you know, about these names. So what was the real name of Har Sinai? It's unlikely that it was really called Sinai. If Sinai was a was a, a name which described an event that took place there, says the Gemara, second line down, Chayrev Shemay. Its name was Chayrev, Upligad Rebbevo, Da'am Rebbevo, Har Sinai Shemay. As Rebbevo says, no, in fact, Sinai was its name at all times. Lama Nikra HaChayrev, but Chayrev, it was referred to as Chayrev, which is a nickname. Sheyar Dechor V'la'akum Alav, that that's where the destruction of the Gayim came from Har Sinai. And uh, what I assume that means is that from that point on, the Gayim didn't accept uh, the Torah, only we accepted it, and there became this ultimate destiny of the idol worshippers to perish. Minayin says the Gemara five lines down. Minayin Jakoshin Lashin Sozahir. So going back to our Mishnah, and we're almost by our next Mishnah. We uh, the the animal that was being sent to Azazel on uh, the, the the goat that was being sent to, to die on Yom Kippur, they would tie a red string around it. Kashanim, uh, so the Gemara quotes a Pasuk. The Pasuk from Yeshaya, Kashanim Kasheleg Yalbinu. Says the Gemara, Kashanim Kishanimi Baile. It should have taught us like a red string, uh, not uh, not um, not in the plural, uh, not in the plural, 
but rather one string. So Rabbi Darshan, the beautiful Agad, a beautiful drasha, says that it's a message from Hashem that even if your sins will be kashanim, like all those years, the amount of years that from the times of creation until now, thousands and thousands of averus, I will whiten them like uh, like uh, like snow. I will make them pure again. So kashanim doesn't. It's it's a it refers to shiny the red string, but it also refers to what it's atoning for. That it's atoning for all the averus up until that point. Says the Gemara. Darish Rabba. Rabba Darshan the pasuk as follows. The beginning of that pasuk says lechuna. When he uh, so Hashem said, uh, uh, "Let us uh, go and let us uh, debate." Or the kuach usually means an argument. What does that mean? Hashem says, "Go, bone Come and we shall debate." It says Yoima Hashem that Hashem will say in the future. The Navi Shai is telling you what Hashem will say. It should have said what Hashem has already commanded us. Says the Gemara lost. As the vision of Yeshaya is referring to an event in the future. Yoima, this Gemara I find I don't know why I just. Find this Gemara to be fantastic. Go to your uh, fathers, go to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, go to your forefathers, and they will, uh, and they will give you Musa. Um, and, and they will give you Musa. So you will say, who should we go to? Which one of our forefathers? Eitzel Avram. Should we go to Avram Avinu, that you told him you do a teda? You told Avram Avinu that, because, that his descendants will end up becoming strangers in a foreign land, will end up in exile, and he agreed with your plan. Abraham Avinu felt that, uh, I think Masha explains that Abraham Avinu knew that there would be a virus and he really wanted the sins to be erased through suffering in this world. That's who we should go to for Musa. We're not, uh, we're not interested. He wants us to suffer. Eitel Yitzchak, we should go to Yitzchak Avinu. Our Shabir has Esav. He gave the brachas to Esav. He, uh, he, he didn't listen to Rivka. He gave the brachas to Esav. To strengthen our enemy, and he didn't ask us any. Uh, he didn't ask any rachmanus on us. So who's going to be somebody who we should go and uh, and get Musa from and be able to correct our ways that we'll be able to listen and be understood by them and to do tshuva? Until Yaakov, we should go to Yaakov and Vinu. That it was told 
that Hashem, you said that you will go down to Mitzrayim with you. He knew that we were going to end up there. And you didn't ask for mercy on us. Who should we go to to ask for forgiveness and to give us proper rebuke that we will be able to serve you, Hashem, in in the way with forgiveness? Ah, so Hashem said, you're telling me that you don't have anybody who could help you out, and that means you're turning to me, you're turning to the Rebbein because you have nobody else to rely on. Ah, oh, so then you came to the right person. You came to Hashem. If your sins will be red and numerous, I will turn them white and I will forgive you. So ultimately, it was a, it was a setup. And Hashem said, if you're willing to place your faith in me, we will, I will forgive you. What does it mean in the Pasuk? The Pasuk, beautiful Pasuk in Yeshaya. That you are our father. We don't know Avram. We don't know Yisrael. Hashem doesn't recognize, uh, Yisrael, meaning Yaakov, doesn't recognize us. Only you, Hashem, can save us. What is that Pasuk referring to? Says the Gemara, in the future, Hashem will say to Abraham Avinu, Your children have sinned to me. So I'll just read it with, I believe what Masha is trying to say, if I, if I understood it correctly, is the sins, Avraham Avinu said, wipe it out or wipe them out as a Kiddush Hashem, to make a Kiddush Hashem to sanctify your name. Avraham Avinu meant wipe out their sins, meaning you're complaining, Hashem, you're complaining that the Jewish people are sinning so then remove their sins and don't worry about it. You have the power to forgive. But the words could also be interpreted as meaning wipe out the Jewish people. Wipe out, wipe them out. Yeah, sure, they're doing a very, Hashem, what do you want from me? Go and do, send the Malacham of a sin. So therefore, the Rabbi Shalom said that this is, you're, not doing, you're, not, you're not helping out your grandchildren over here. So Hashem said, maybe I'll go to Yaakov Avinu, who suffered tremendously with the sale of Yosef and the, by his brothers. Perhaps he will have more compassion on his children. Maybe he'll ask me to, for Rachmanus. So Hashem comes to Yaakov Avinu and says, your children have sinned. Yaakov Avinu says, okay, so you got to wipe them out. So Hashem said, "This is ridiculous. The, ch- the fathers are not uh, the fathers. Are, uh, the, the grandfathers aren't useful, and I don't have a solution from the children. Meaning, Avram and Yaakov both couldn't give me an answer." So Hashem finally goes to Yitzchak, and I think there's a lot of beautiful drushes why it was uh, out of order over here. But Hashem knew that Yitzchak. He could go to. 
And this is part of why we, our whole Rosh Hashanah davening refer, revolves around Akedis Yitzchak. Yitzchak Avinu ultimately answered Hashem as follows. You tell me your sons have sinned? They're my children now and not just our children? All of a sudden, they're only my children? They're not your children anymore? When they were acting like angels, you said, and they took a they agreed to do your will before they even knew what you were asking from them. <clears throat> you call them my firstborn sons, that they were the chosen nation, were like all Achshav, and now that they're not uh, keeping the deal, now that they're misbehaving, all of a sudden they're not your sons anymore, they're not your children, they're only mine. It's almost like sometimes if you've ever been with your kids in a public place, so and things are getting rowdy or a pizza shop, so you make a joke, you say, whoever's children, these are, should please get them under control, you know? But uh, in reality, they're your children. Now Yitzchak Avinu pulls out the accounting card. And he says, how much did they sin already? On average, how much long does a person live? Shivim Shana, 70 years. Dal is a person doesn't get punished for the first 20 years of their life. So now you have 70, you're left with only 50 years where we could be liable for our actions in Shemaya. Take away 25 years of, uh, of the nighttime when a person is sleeping. Half the time they can't be rebelling against you because they're sleeping. So uh, take away 25 years. Now you're left with only 25 years to sin. Dal tarti sari upalga ditsluye. Take away the umechal udebesakise. Take away three and a half hours a day for the time that we spend davening, eating, and going to the bathroom. Pashlu tarti sari upalga. And you're left with, uh, uh, sorry, take away. 12 and a, uh, uh, one second, take away 12 and a half, right? We're down to 12 and a half. So now already out of, uh, out of 12, 12 and a half years of a person's life, right? Um, 12 and a half years of a person's life, it's possible that they sin. 12 and a half out of 70 is uh, less than 20%, right? Not that much time to sin. Uh, if you're willing to forgive them and take upon yourself the 12 and a half years out of 70 that they may have sinned, fine, I'm happy with that. But if you're not willing to let them slide with that, I'll take half, at least half you'll take. But now you're down to less than 10% of, uh, they should be punished for less than 10% of their life, which means 90, over 90% of the time they were doing nothing wrong. And even if you're going to tell me that you, Hashem, are not going to forgive them for anything and everything's going to be on me, now he pulled the Akedas Yitzchak card. I've already given my life, I already sacrificed in my entire life 
for them, and you should accept that as the uh, as the zechos, uh, the Jewish people, the Amru, and the Jewish people will say first wide line down, that you of Yitzchak are our father. Amlehem Yitzchak and Yitzchak will will answer back. So, so Yitzchak Avinu said to them, uh, "Don't bless me, bless Hashem, and uh, uh, bless Hashem." And they miad nasu name the marim. Immediately, the Jewish people lifted up their eyes to Hashem ba'imrim, and they said, "Ata Hashem Avinu ba'leinu elam Hashem ba'acha." You Hashem. Ultimately, with all the good accounting and the the Akedas Yitzchak, ultimately our eyes turn to Hashem and nobody else to save us from this palace. Really, Yaakov Avinu already the exodus should the exile should have started with Yaakov Avinu. And he should have also gone down to Mitzrayim in chains. But his merit saved him that he was able to go down to Mitzrayim without suffering. Gemara quotes a Pasuk in Hesheya that they were... Uh, that they were taken down, that with love, when Hashem, uh, when Hashem takes somebody down with love, they still had to go down to Mitzrayim, but it was with Ava and without pain that Yaakov Vinu was able to descend to Mitzrayim because of the merits that he had. So really, and this is how we count the years, really, Yaakov's descending to Yushalayim, to, 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 to Yaakov's descending to Mitzrayim was already a part of the Gullus of the exile of the punishment. Now we come to a new Mishnah, but what's fantastic about this Mishnah is that it's actually going to be a Hilchas Shabbos. We are now finally getting to the part of the Mishnah that deals with Hilchas Shabbos. The, the Gemara, we break up our Mishnayas by putting Gemara in between each section. But you can look in a Mishnayis and very often you'll find that what appears as one full Mishnah in the Mishnayis is two or three of our combined Mishnayis when we learn it in the Gemara. It says the Gemara, uh, six lines, six wide lines down, how much is the measurement of carrying wood on Shabbos that you would be considered chayev uh, for carrying it outside the Erev. De levasho beitzakalach. Enough to cook a, 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 a easy cooking egg, a, a small and easily cooked egg. Um, it's a very a small amount of wood. Tavlin, how much, how much spice? Is it considered to, is considered to be a sufficient quantity that you're high for carrying it on Shabbos? Enough that you would put on an egg. 
Now, this is the chiddush that all types of spice, if you have pepper and oregano and all types of different spices that you may be putting on your eggs, all of them are mitzarif to join up to that shear. So if a person had uh, somehow gone to a bris and maybe they stuffed a bagel uh, and everything bagel in their pocket to take home from the bris, and now in their pants' pocket, there's some seeds and spices that were on the bagel, and they're going to walk outside the Erev. It's going to be mitzarev, and they should empty out their pockets even from that little bit before they walk out. Klipe, the peels of a goizim of nuts, klipe remoinim, pomegranates, istis istis upua. What are istis and pua? Some sort of... some sort of uh, seeds and things which create uh, color. The shear to carry it out would be that you can turn it into a dye, enough to dye a small garment. P. Sivka, uh, uh, which is uh, what's the, considered the smallest um, garment that was used on top of uh, like a, a net to put over um, a braid of hair. Like, a, I guess, uh, what's it called? Uh, a, a ponytail holder or something like that. Headband. But meraglayim, netter uburus, kumulya ashlag. Today, lechab is beged katam. So meraglayim is uh, urine, netter, Buris, all types of different types of soaps and things that they would use for uh, uh, for cleaning. The lechamas beged cotton piece of cotton. Again, the same quantity that you would use to clean a small item. If you said it's not that you don't necessarily need enough to clean the whole garment, as you can do what we call spot cleaning, right? Uh, it, if it's enough to clean one stain, then it would already be enough to be mechaev you for carrying that amount of substance out on shops. Says the Gemara. Didn't we already learn these, uh, some of these cases back on that pay about 10 blot ago almost? Uh, a uh, branch uh, to do uh, to make uh, the writing instruments. But if the wood was thicker, then you would use it for firewood. You wouldn't necessarily use it to make a, a quill, to make a writing instrument. So then we know that the measurement is enough to cook an egg. And we had a discussion then what type of egg cooks uh, the lightest. Uh, so we already learned this. Says the Gemara, and we said over there that um, we said over there that uh, if the egg was already uh, cooked and uh, or put into a pot, so then uh, it cooks, I guess, quicker. That amount of wood is enough to be mechayiv you for carrying it on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, we have to repeat it. Why? 
אבל עצם דחוזל לקחה דה, כלי דה אפילו כלשהו כמשמלן. אבל there we're referring specifically to very thin pieces of wood, and therefore we thought maybe uh, you can't use it, if you're not going to use it to write, then you can only use it to make a fire, and therefore we gave a measurement. But here we're talking about a wood which could be used somehow, you could make a key out of it, you could use it still for other things, that the measurement to be mechaev, you for carrying on Shabbos, is the same amount. The Gemara then quotes the Mishnah. Second line from the bottom, the amount of spices to, uh, to, to season a small egg, uh, a light egg, an easily cooked egg. Back to Gemara, Minahi, Alasio contradiction, didn't we learn how much, uh, how much, spi- how much spice is, is prohibited? Tablin, Shnayim Begimel, Shemus Min Echad, Minin, Asurun, Stafim Zemzeh. We learned that two or three different types of uh, spices. This is with regards to Hilchas Arla. That two or three different spices, which are um, are forbidden for Arla, and uh, and they combine to uh, to uh, they combine to make one shear of forbidden foods that you're not allowed to eat from yet. But Amar Chizkiyah and Chizkiyah taught us on that. That that specifically applies to things which sweeten food in a pot. But doesn't that seem to imply that not all spices, do we say, are considered one category, only the ones that are used to sweeten food? If it's used to sweeten it, it can be combined for for Isr Vahetar purposes, but not if it is uh, used for um, to sharpen, to, to, to flavor it without sweetening it. Our Mishnah as well meant uh, spices which will sweeten the food in the pot. They are mitzarif, but if they're not used, if they're used to, I guess, make it spicy, then in we do not add up all the different types of spices to say that if you carry that amount, that it's enough to season uh, egg, then you will be, uh, you will be chayev. Carrying on Shabbos. That concludes today's awesome daf. And I just want to uh, say another message that we are in a new month. And if somebody wants to contribute or sponsor towards the Dafiyaimi share, it's a big zechos. Please speak to Barry Lampert at your leisure. I personally find that Gemara, where they went to Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, and Yaakov stood up. As our advocate, I don't know why I just made my name is Yitzchak. Maybe that's why, but uh, it's a fantastic Gemara, and ultimately we have Zechus Avos, and we are told by our Avos, put your faith in Hashem, nobody else.